This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask that, Lord, you would just bring an ignition inside of this house right now, inside of our own temples right now, Lord. We, Lord, we recognize that without you, we're nothing. We recognize without your Holy Spirit, there's no understanding. There's no connection. There's no unity. And Lord, we pray that where unity, Lord, exists, Father, great power resides. And we realize it's unity in the Spirit. We want to be unified in the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Well, today I want to talk again um, on a subject we've been referencing for the last three weeks. And I'm, I've labeled this one remnant number four. And you say, Pastor, when are you going to move on? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that the Lord keeps bringing it back over and over because I believe the Spirit of God right now is moving across the world, trying to raise up a people, trying to raise up an awakening. And I'm not going to embarrass, but one of our elders already had a dream about something and about an awakening that needs to happen. And so when God is giving people dreams that people need to wake up, and when the Lord is really showing me over and over that it's not time to march, have marching orders, but it is time for us to wake up and rise that God has and he's doing a new thing. And the way God speaks is always in our hearts. And yet so many today are not hearing what he is saying. We're so busy with the resonation of what's going on. In fact, stats are telling us right now, Christians, and I'm gonna say just stats about Christians right now are going through depression, they're going through, um, their suicides are up. There's, uh, people are feeling distant. And you know what they're saying they're attributing it to? is because people are not congregating and assimilating together. So what's happening with all this social distancing is creating havoc on people spiritually. Because we are made to fellowship. God created us to fellowship. He made us that way. God has created us to worship him. He's created us to fellowship one with another. So what we need to do is start understanding, say, God, Spirit of God, help me understand. Who do you want me to? In fact, never before would I even equate this to this hour in life. I pray that the Spirit of God would awaken you to call the right people this week. I pray that he'd awaken you to text the right people this week. Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, the right people. Because there are people on the other end of that line that are hearing and they're oppressed and can, they're vexed. In fact, I was sharing with one of our elders even this morning that Lot's soul was vexed because of his surroundings. And when he left Abraham, things went sour for him. And it is important for us to realize that thing, you know, Paul says, I long to be with you that I might impart. I believe there's chemistry. God gets, God flows through our lives. And as we hang around together, as we talk together, as we fellowship, God's chemistry is connecting. So if you break that off, you break that river off, there is going to be toxicity going on inside of someone's soul. 
that just by you hanging out with me and me hanging out with you, there are things that are just gonna be dispensed because Christ that lives in me and Christ that lives in you is going to go over there and diffuse a lot of stuff that would never get infused. Now take this away, draw people away. The Bible says he who isolates himself, isolates himself from all wise judgment. Think about what the Bible says. So there's this isolation going on. So wise judgment is in check. It's not happening the way God intended it to be. And I'm going to tell you, I, I believe that it is time for us to recognize that God has a, a, a word for us in this hour. He has a plan, a design. He has a high call. Last week, I um, talked about the high call, and we're going to reference that passage in just a minute. But today, I want to talk about what that high call will begin to help you understand what that high call is and how you can walk in it, Okay. And the high call basically is getting seated in heavenly places, recognize the purpose and design that God has. And so many of us are weighted down with this world, weighted down with the thinking of this world, weighted down with the frustrations of this world. And yet you can be in this world, but not of this world. You can be in this world and this world doesn't have a hold on you. And the tests that are going on over and over again, in fact, I, I shared this last week about Jesus and the temptations. And I'm gonna, just for reference sake, how important it is, the three things that Jesus went through, the first one was the appetites of this world. The first temptations, you can have everything and have nothing. You can have nothing and have everything. So it's not of this world, okay? So Jesus was tested and tempted with the appetites of this world. And you know what? God says, I, man shall live by, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. First temptation, Jesus overcame. You need to come overcome. You need to overcome the temptations of this world being your sustenance, being this world being your strength, this world being your everything. That's your first test that will happen. Number two is Satan will twist the Bible. When Satan came to um, Jesus, he says, well, you know what the word also says, and he was quoting Psalms 91, he says the word also says that you can fall down and the angels will literally pick you up. And Jesus, with the right spirit, the Holy Spirit said, it also says. So that means when Jesus is referencing another passage, because Satan is taking a scripture out of the context of the right spirit, twisting it. Christians, you need to discern the right spirit. And that the word of God can be twisted. And today I find a lot of Christians today getting twisted in the word of God. Second test, you, got, you have to understand not to get confused. Rightly dividing the word of God. Number three, that test is worship. Satan took Jesus to a high place and took him all around the world. He says, look, all this will you, I will give you if you worship me. And Jesus says, I will worship one alone. There is a test again right now about worship. And we are going to find our freedom in God when we find greater freedom in our worship of our king. I love our pastor Jenna. She's always going over there and trying to lead us. And she's been trying to lead us in this directive for quite some time, way before the COVID thing ever went on. And she was trying to say, we have an audience of... One, our worship leaders going over there, and our worship pastors have been trying to get us in the audience of one. You don't need to be in this house to worship, although it's great to be in the house of worship. Amen? All right, if you guys would turn with me again to Philippians chapter 3. This is a passage we went on and talking, just, just for some review, but I, it, it needs some context for us. All right, Philippians chapter 3. And if you're going in the, um, I know I'm not following 
directly online if you're underneath point number one. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, Paul speaking to the Philippians, or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. So this, here's this calling. Remember the word calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature, if you can be spiritually mature, you can be spiritually immature. That's what we talked about last week. Agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain. But we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your life after mine, Paul's saying, and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. They think about things that are life on here on this earth only. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus is. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into a glorious body. All right, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. Again, I'm kind of backing up. Hopefully you can find that a minute. Is it up there? Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. The commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone. But God, who's rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when we raised Christ from the dead. It is only by grace that have you have been saved. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and the kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us through who are, say it with me, united with Christ. All right, first passage. I know I've been going from... I went from the middle to the, to, the, to the front now. All right, Romans 8. This is a passage we talked about last week. Romans 8, 28, amplified. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. For those whom he foreknew, and loved and chose, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. And those whom he predestined, them he also called. And those whom he called, them he justified, declared free of the guilt of sin. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So today what I wanna share with you guys is is if I could uh, label this message, remnant, it would be justified. What's the importance of being justified? Is it just a churchy word? Is it something that um, is, uh, 
not, you know, it's just something that we don't really understand. It's not something we really dialogue with outside of these doors. Is it something that we're never going to connect with? Or is it imperative that we really understand what justification is? In Romans 8, it gives us this picture of a process. And you know, most of us, all of us, if we were to think about it, most of all of us know we're in a process. We, we get process. I mean, from to the point of processed food to the point of a, a shop that has, I went, worked at Steelcase for many years, and there was a process of, of the, the, the sheet metal coming into the, do, you know, the, the, the gate, or what do you call it, the shipping dock, and then it going over there into these big presses, and it goes from these big presses to the well department, which was I was part of, and from the well department, it would go over there into the paint department, and from the paint department, it would go into the shipping department, and I'm I'm kind of skipping a few of those processes, but un- nonetheless, that was kind of the whole area, and it was a, and it was vast, a, a, a huge expanse of square footage, and everybody was a part of that. They did their own little things within that big process. So we understand that, but when it comes to God, many of us we come and we just come in it and out of it. We don't stay in. What would have happened if that sheet metal? This, you know, this 15-ton piece of metal came into the, you know, the, the shipping doors and just rolled out. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be here today. I'd like to be somewhere else on Monday. I'm here on Sunday, but I want to be gone on Monday. You could never, the, the whole process of what that sheet metal, what it was supposed to be is a desk when it was finished. And God has a plan for you to be a finished product. And yet it means you have to stay in the Thank you, you guys are catching it. You just got to be in the process. But many times what happens is we're like that big piece of sheet metal going over there and going, hey, I don't mind showing up for Sunday, but Monday I got other plans. And I think I'll just roll away. And then all of a sudden we show up on the next Sunday again and we don't really realize, why am I not growing? Why is this thing just not happening? Why, I mean, because every single Sunday or maybe every other Sunday or whatever, we show up for for a process, but we never allow God to finish his work. And God says, he's, a, he's the God, I author and the finisher. Many times with God, all we do is let him author. We, let, we show up, but we don't let him finish his work. And let me tell you something, when you let God finish his work in you, when that, if, you could have, if that piece of metal had feelings, it would say, this hurts. Because it would go through a big shear and, and cut off a piece of metal. And then it'd go through a big press. And then it'd go through, with me, it'd go through a welding department. And then after the welding department, it'd go through a sanding and grinding department. And after sanding and grinding department, then it'd go through the paint department. And after the paint, you know, of course, in the paint department, so this kind of feels really good. You know, that'd be, that'd be the, see, we all want to get from the, right over there, the sheet of metal to the paint department right away. And heaven forbid anybody does any inspection on us. Because <laughs> we are perfect the minute we showed up, right? We were perfect before, when we showed up, you know, we were perfect. And yet God says, in Paul, he says, not that I've ever achieved this perfection, we just read it. Not that I've ever achieved this perfection, but one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind me, striving to stay in the process. So here we go, guys, and and there's a couple different places where scripture kind of helps us, but Romans 8's a big one, okay? Romans 8 goes, For them I foreknew, 
I, you know what, which means God has a, in, in, in Molly right now, guys, we pray for Molly. Molly's in the hospital. He probably wouldn't want me to say anything right now, but Molly, Jonathan's wife is in the hospital right now. And, and you know what? I have a word for Molly. And, and the thing is, is that little baby is fashioned in God's hands. Amen. And, and we're praying right now, if you guys could believe, in fact, right now, Father, I thank you that Molly and that little child, Father, is fashioned. And Lord, you are fashioning that little child in her womb. And Lord, we now, we, Lord, we thank you the condition of the days and the hours, Lord, are not going to be, Lord God, expediated, but Father, exactly designed in your hour and your time. You knew the day of delivery, and Father, we claim it forth, and we will not see any obstruction. We will not allow anything spiritually to happen, physically to happen, that will not be in your perfect will, because Lord God, that's what we settle for, your perfect plan, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, so anyway, here's this child. It's ready to be fashioned into this world, okay? And this child has a design from its mother's womb. It has a plan. God foreknew the design and the map and the schematic for that little baby before it was even brought into this world, all right? So now what God, those whom I foreknew, then he also called. So now as this child grows up, there's a calling on this child's life. There's a calling to a high place, and we're going to be talking about that in a minute. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 says, let us get seated in heavenly places so that we can start seeing it. Because you're not called to this world. You're called to help this world, but you're not of this world. And many of us are trying to be of this world, and we're losing our calling of heaven, our heavenly calling. And so we're so, not, we're so, we're, we're, we're so earthly minded, and God goes, you're only going to get it right when you're thinking on what I'm thinking about. And so we got to get seated in heavenly places. You got to get in the Word of God. You got to get in the Bible. You got to search out the scriptures to see those scriptures that what God has seen. And so when I hear about a, you know, an instruction that's going on or a destruction that's going on, I get right in the Word of God. The Spirit of God says, that's the scripture I want you to hold on to. That's the scripture that you pray. Process. Second thing, we go from the calling, which we've been, we talked a little bit about last week, now we, we go, to them I called, to them I justified. So now it's important we understand this. See, here's the thing is, the calling's the fun part. Hey, pastor, what do you think mine is? You know, I know it's great, and it is, it's great. And then, you know, and, I want, and we're going to meet together, and we're going to take this place to belong class, and we're going to get so excited because I got these gifts, and I got this design, and it's so awesome. And then all of a sudden you realize that you can't do it without God. That God has called you to something so big that there's no way that you can do it without him. On purpose. To them he has called, them he has justified. And the only way that you can stay, now it's one thing to have an elevator and go over there, but see some of us, we get in the elevator, but we never get off the floor. So God lifts us up into a high place, and all of a sudden the doors go open, and you go, too scared. You know, I mean, so then we don't get off the elevator. And God's called us to get off the elevator and hang out with him and realize and recognize. And once we get off the elevator, we go, it's an immediate thing that happens inside your heart. You go, I don't belong here. There's nothing that I've done in my life that has given me the reason that, God, that I could be in this lofty place with God. I don't belong here. Thus we have justification. You got to understand justification because otherwise you're going to jump right back in the elevator and go to floor one real quick. 
Let me give you an example. All right? So uh, this was years ago, working in a shop, working, on, working at nights on a Friday night. And you know, like you, my mind sometimes goes into a place it doesn't belong. I'm pouting, is what I'm saying. Now I know that none of you guys ever pout. None of you never feel sorry for yourself because you're all really got that godly, lifted up, strong mind of Christ, okay? So just hang with me. You're going to go over there and pretend you're Pastor Ron and that you had a really bad day. It's Friday night. And, in, and so, and to make things a little bit worse is that your wife, who's home with the babies, she's taken, gone over there, and she's gone camping. She's gone. And, and so she's not around. And so what, what happens is, is that you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking and, and you're, you're kind of feeling uh, sorry for yourself and going, yeah, I'm, I'm working and, and, you know, it's a Friday night and I, I, my, I, my wife's not even home, my kids aren't home and I can go over there and engage that. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm caught in my car and I'm thankful that God doesn't let me want to sit in that elevated floor one. So you can be in your car in floor one or floor 91, caught up with the Almighty. I was in floor one, my choice, because of what I was thinking on. I wasn't thinking about who God was. I wasn't thinking about God's design. I wasn't thinking about his process. I was thinking that my wife's out in the sun having a great time, and I'm over there on a Friday night working, and I'm starting to feel sorry for myself, and I'm really struggling with this part of it. And I, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit doesn't go over there and go, there he goes again. I don't really have any, I don't, I don't know what to do with him. All right, that's not what God does. God goes over there and he, he leads us into what? He leads us in the paths of righteousness. He goes, Ron, get in the elevator. So what happens to get in the elevator, and I'm so thankful because I can be in worship with the audience of one, I get in my car, I'm going to date myself a little bit right here, okay? So I go over there and I put in my cassette. Ooh. So anyway, okay, put in my cassette and I'm worshiping God. Guess what? My circumstances haven't changed at all. My calling hasn't changed my, the, my, my, uh, my life hasn't changed. My surroundings haven't changed. I'm still in the same car. It's still Friday night, but I'm going over there and I'm going up the elevator. I'm finding myself getting into a heavenly place with God. And I'm busy worshiping God. I, and next thing you know, I'm not even thinking that it's, 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 not, it's not one o'clock in the morning anymore. Actually, it's now, that was Friday night, so it's, Saturday, it's not one o'clock Saturday morning anymore. It's, it's, I, I'm in a different place. I'm in an elevator. I'm caught in the presence of God. And, I, and here's the thing is, all of a sudden, one minute ago, I'm sitting there pouting and thinking about my circumstances and feeling sorry for myself and, and why I'm here, why I don't deserve to be here. I should be, I should be promoted by now and, and blah, blah, blah. I've got a four years college education. Why don't they see the gifts in me? Why don't they see this in me? And yada, 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 yada. And, and, and I work harder than all the other employees. Why don't I get promoted because of that? My boss doesn't see the worth I am. None of you guys ever think that. I know that. But that's why I'm adding this stuff, just in case you did, all right, to help you guys out, all right? So I'm in that place of that, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm not thinking about any of that. I am caught right in, and I don't know what floor I'm on, but I'm getting close to 91. 
and I'm just on my way up and I'm way up and I'm worshiping him and I'm worshiping him. And all of a sudden, the presence of God starts hitting me. I'm forgiven and I'm loved and I'm chosen and I am favored and God saved my life. I'm my way to heaven. That there's great things in store for my life and I've got a great marriage and I've got great kids and I've got a, you know what, a great church family that I'm a part of and I'm starting to go over there and I, all, next thing I know, and I don't know when it happened, but somehow I got off that floor and I'm just, and I'm still driving my car and tears are coming down my eyes. I'm driving the car and the Lord speaks to my car and he says, I want you to pick up a hitchhiker in a few miles. In that moment, I would not have been ready. I'm going to tell you, 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago, I was in floor one. And 91 had a plan, and God had to do a swift work in my life, bring me from, bring me all the way from a calling. The calling didn't change. God had called me to touch lives. He's called you to touch lives. But until I got into that place of justification that it wasn't about what I did, but I got in his presence and God started cleansing me and moving me. In fact, what I want to do is I want you to uh, listen up. In Zechariah chapter 3, the Holy Spirit gave me this passage this morning for me to read because I had a Yeshua moment, a priestly Yeshua moment in that car. And so what I want to do is I want to read it to you, if I could. Zechariah chapter 3. Then the angel showed me Yeshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Yeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Yeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the Lord. I'm in the elevator, I'm filthy. I don't deserve to be in God's presence. I don't deserve to be in this high and lofty place with God. I am filthy. So the angel said to the others standing there, take off those filthy clothes. And turn turning to Yeshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins. Now I'm giving you these new clothes. Are you in that process? Are you allowing God to have that Yeshua moment? Or are you just on floor one letting the devil just sit there and just browbeat you with accusations. You have got to get yourself into that elevator, in that seated place with God. And over he, it's his justification. Just as if I had never made a mistake and I have made tons of them. Just like I'm not, you know what, that I'm, there's no way in the world that I'm qualified. It's not my qualifications, it's his. And so the, as I'm going up that elevator, I'm in that process. He puts on those clothes of righteousness. He puts on those clothes of strength. He puts on those clothes of love. I take off those clothes of pouting, those clothes of frustration, those clothes of COVID. I take off those clothes of, of despair. I take off the clothes of, of, you know what, of all the things I've done wrong in the past. And all of a sudden I get in that, at that lofty place with God. I walk off the elevator and turn around and go who put these clothes on me Jesus did that's justification you didn't buy those clothes you didn't find those clothes you didn't even know those clothes were available but all you did is get in that elevator and God brought you up because it was his heart it's his love that lifts you up he says you can stay in by the way you can stay in floor one if you want, you can stay there. Many Christians, like we talked about last week, this is, there are many Christians that stay and choose to be immature. 
But then there are those who want to be the remnant that want to raise up and say, God, I want to mature in you. I want to be all that you called me to be back to that story of picking up that hitchhiker. So in a few miles, I drive around and sure enough, there's the hitchhiker. I did not know that he came out of Vietnam. I did not know that he came out so uh, just floor one thinking, just really hurt. Did not know that his wife had been praying for him for over a decade. All I knew is that I went from floor one to floor 91 in just a few minutes with Jesus, introduced myself, get in the vehicle. He gets in the vehicle and I've got 30 minutes to tell him. And you know what I'm talking about? Well, of course, I'm talking about floor 91. I'm not talking about floor one because I'm not there. I got, you know, God brought me into floor 91 and the next thing you know, I'm in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't deserve to be there and I, can, and I can share the love of God so we have this moment together and you know what? The Spirit of God comes in that car and we get to his room and we get to his house. We drive, I drive him to his house because he's going to go over there and get a gas can and, and then he has gas for his tractor or whatever, I don't remember. And, and we get to his house and his, he wakes up his wife because he accepted Jesus as his Lord in my truck or in my car, I'm sorry. In my car, he accepted Jesus as his Lord in my car. And so he shares with his wife, she's with tears in her eyes, sharing her whole thing. And you know what? I've never seen the man since, but I do know what he's doing. He goes to young men's, young men's houses right now, and all he does is minister. I was floor 91 moment. And now this man is having floor 91 moments. Because we're called to a high place. We're not called to low places. Every one of us have a high call in our life. Every single one of us. But you know what? In order to have a high call, you're gonna to have to get a higher education. You gotta spend time with God. You gotta start thinking how God thinks about you, how God sees you, how God desires to do things through your life. And you know what? The people around you, they're not gonna see that. They're not gonna understand that. They're not on the same elevator. And all you can do is love them and say, man, you gotta get on the elevator. I, you know what? It's gonna be a different one than mine. But you got to get on the elevator and be with Christ. You got to spend time with Him. He has a design, He has a plan. And it all comes to that process. And we haven't even got to the glorification. In a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the glorification. Because Jesus said this God, glorify me that I may glorify you. Do you realize that when we realize that God has called us to this high place, and then all of a sudden we get in this, we get off floor 91 and go, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I, can't, I, don't, I don't deserve to be in this place. You're right, you don't. But His justification, and God takes His those filthy clothes, those filthy rags, and he puts it on his. And now you're walking in his robe of righteousness. You're clothed with his breastplate. You're clothed with his shoes. You're clothed with his helmet. But you're not gonna get that if you're not in the process of recognizing, get in the elevator, and worship brings you there. Why do you think we end service with worship? Worship brings you there. I would have been, if I wouldn't allowed worship to get into my heart, I would, the Bible says, he, God dwells in the praise and the worship of his people. He would, I would have just stayed in Pouty Ron moment. And I wish I could say I've never had a Pouty Ron moment since then. That would be a lie, all right? But I know where the elevator is. And I know that God has called me to it. 
I know that God has called you to it. And so in, in some way that I can help you or instruct you in some way, you are called to a higher education. And you know, when the Bible uh, talks about, we just read it in Ephesians, just you gotta get rid of, rid of your elementary thinking. You can have an elementary thinking, which means you can get in that elevator and you know what? You may look at the buttons and all you see is one, two, and three and not realize that God's got 91 of them sitting there. But because you have elementary, the Bible says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because if all you got is your head like, like I did at floor one, guess what? Where's the elevator? All the, low, the last number down the bottom. And that's all I was seeing. Look up. And you go, well, I wonder where that, you remember like a kid, like a kid, you know. <laughs> over there, and the next thing you know, you, get, you go over there and you're in this place and this thing begins to be the joy ride of Christ. So what does it look like to have a heavenly seat? We've already read it. It says that, let me, let me give you what it doesn't look like. And then we'll talk about what it does look like. We're gonna close on this in a few minutes. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and, your, and many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world, pouting around like Pastor Ron, thinking about himself, thinking about woe is me, why, does it, why, why isn't things going better for me? Why, isn't, why am I on night shift? Why, am I, why, why, is my, you know, why can't I be home with my wife today or my kids today? Pouting, that's not the high call. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. Or you can live in that heavenly seat. A burning from the inside to worship God. Motivated to serve Him. How can I serve Him? Where can I serve Him? Looking for ways to please Him and exercise your faith. You know why sometimes I struggle connecting with people in this world? Not because I don't love. Because I just struggle connecting to thinking. And so I go, God, how do I, how do I help if I'm in this place with you and this is where you want them to be? How do I help them? How, to be, how can I be a Levite, a connector, so that they can get in the elevator? And he goes, Ron, you put too much upon yourself. All you can do is invite them in that elevator. It's them that has to go over there and push the button up. And I, I'm guilty of that. I put sometimes put too much, you know, I think that that's kind of like what we all do. If we're, That's what love does, doesn't it? Love is always putting so much upon ourselves. But you know, the Bible says that the kingdom of God, God is not just about love. It's also about trust and faith. And so it's important for us to impart that faith and impart that trust. In Romans 6, I'm going to end with this passage. And in my life, I can say that I'm, I've got sin in my life had sin in my life since obviously all, forever since I was a child and I realized that I'm not trying to be sinless because of you or sinless because of you know being a pastor or sinless because of my my wonderful wife who deserves a great man or my kids who deserve a great father or if I'm counseling you deserve a great counselor I'm trying to be sinless for my daddy in heaven and because I realize that sin is a nature, it's not an act. It's not, it's not just an activity, it's a nature. And I know when, you know, when I, I look at 
Um, and I, got, I know I got one of my grandbabies probably in the house right now. And when I look at little Zoe and I see that little nature taking formation. And it brings such joy to realize that that can happen. And you know that's the way God wants. He wants my, his nature in me to take formation. He wants me to grow up. And stop letting the things of this world dim the view of who he is. He wants my view so clean and clear with him that no matter what is going on, I stay the course with him and stronger. Romans 6, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? No, of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, you are joined in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by his glorious power of the Father, now we also may live this new life. Since we've been united with him in his death, we also are raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful self crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our life. We are no longer slaves, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself dead to the power of sin. And alive to God through Christ. So what does that mean simply? Okay. Many of us will, will have an, an act of sin. And some of us don't even see it. You know that the Bible says there's um, sins of omission and sons, sins of commission. Omission means you're sinning and you don't even know it. it happens in our lives. Commission means, I know this is wrong, I'm still doing it. Because I feel like I have a right to do it. That person offended me, so I'm going to be offended with you. That's unforgiveness. You have no right to do that. God, Jesus paid the price, that's sin to do that. Or it could be sins of commission means that I'm going to assert myself. Because I know that if I don't, that you could have control over me and I know the last time somebody had control over me they took physical abuse of me again Bible says forgetting those things which are behind doesn't mean that you allow somebody to go over there and abuse you or do evil to you that's not what I'm talking about but the physical nature Satan uses so that you'll have a spiritual handicap and stay on floor one that's what he does. So the accuser tries to keep us on floor one because he's, he's not afraid of a Christian that's on floor one. He may have lost a soul, but he's not going to lose any groundwork in his kingdom. But boy, I'll tell you what, you jump on that elevator and you go up to floor 91 with Jesus and you start realizing who you are in Christ and the high call of God that's on your life, and then he starts putting you and dresses you up in his adornment. He starts taking those filthy rags off you, and you start walking around with the clothes that God's given to you. You are a danger to the kingdom of darkness. You are a threat to the kingdom of hell. And so he'll do whatever he can. He'll cause whatever havoc he can to keep you in floor 
one. Would you guys with me get in that elevator? And let's get into the heavenly place. We're going to worship in just a few more minutes. Let's allow God to take our hearts. You're going to live in this physical realm. But your hearts and your spirit can be engaged in a whole other place. And God has a high call for those who listen here and don't get their physical picture here. This is what I want to see. Jesus says, I don't do nothing but what I see my father do. So do you mean that Jesus bumped into everything? No, he saw daddy doing it. And then he went on the earth and did it here. That's what he did. Give us eyes to see floor 91. Let's get off that elevator, recognize the justification. You don't deserve to be there. But God called you to be there. Amen? So if he called you to be there, if I don't go there, is that not a form of immaturity and disobedience? Absolutely. Let's mature in Christ. Let's go where we don't belong, but where he called us to be. Amen? Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're in a good place right now. Holy Spirit is calling you to be born again to a new life in Him. You don't have to leave this place with just the weight of this world and the weight of the sin or the weight of the frustration and the hurt on the inside. You can leave this place free. Doesn't mean your circumstances outside will change. But it means that inside of you, you'll have a peace, you'll have an understanding, you'll have a relationship with your maker. His name is Jesus. And if you're here this morning and say, I, I want that relationship, I want to start that relationship today. Or maybe you've wandered away and you want to come back to him. The Bible says many in the last days will fall away, will wander away. If that's you too, then you know what? In this moment, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, pastor. Please pray for me. Anybody else say, that's me. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Put your hand up and then put it right back down. All right, church family, let's pray. Let's pray. Say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life into your hands. You've shaped me physically. I need you to shape me spiritually. I'm all yours. Lord Jesus, I receive the forgiveness of my sins because of the cross that you bore for me. In your name I pray, amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved, ask for prayer, share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.